Welcome to the Zero to Five Million Dollar Podcast. I'm Sean Finder, and I'm with my co-host, Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by AutoClose, a vanilla soft company. Ollie, why don't you introduce today's guest and what we're going to be talking about today? All right, everyone. I think you know what I'm talking about here. I'm going to describe a situation that has happened to me, and it's, I seem to be saying this a lot more often recently. I've known today's guest for so long, and we've never just spent some time on Zoom. It's really bizarre. But we've spent probably 500 emails together. We probably spoke on LinkedIn about 100 times. Spent, you know, maybe two, three hours sending each other vidyards or whatever, stuff like that. And we've just never sat on Zoom. So um, it's about time we fix that. So today I have the CRO of Sales Assembly. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Matt Green. So I'm going to stop rambling here. I'm going to let Matt introduce himself. And then I'm going to start with a softball, nice, easy question for him. So Matt, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you for having me, Ollie. And and yeah, I mean, it's high time that we actually did this as opposed to trading TikTok dance videos and all that good stuff over the past couple of years. So I'm I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're pleased to have you. So um, let's start with Sales Assembly. What was the first thing you did when you joined us? <laughs> There's a lot of things that you could do. So why did you start? I'd love to know. Yeah, so Sales Assembly, we, we've been around for about uh, about four years now, based here in Chicago. A um, little bit of context there. I mean, you know, the, the concept itself was actually the, the brainchild of my partner, Jeff. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to know Jeff. We, um, we met initially, I think about eight years ago, serving on the board of the same charity, um, coincidentally, and then found ourselves both in sales leadership roles. Uh, working together the fast-growing b2b tech company um after we walked away from that experience we had you know tried to get uh if you might want to call it a, a b2b tech sales consultancy marketplace off the ground didn't really go anywhere um jeff came up with this fantastic idea this model for what sales assembly is today and we've been growing that as i mentioned for the past uh, four years or so got it okay so you completely changed the concept. It, it was one thing, you know, it's similar in concept, but the whole target market is totally different. Yeah, essentially. I mean, uh, a little bit about our, our target market and essentially our model. Um, as of today, we're fortunate enough to work with around 150, 155 uh, B2B technology companies across the, uh, the country. These include small Series A funded companies, uh, large multinational organizations like LinkedIn and, you know, Sprout Social and Glassdoor and Upwork, et cetera, et cetera, and everything in between. And, um, you know, really what we've been building and how we describe ourselves is a scale as a service platform. Uh, so our model essentially is all these 150 companies as of today, uh, having access to the sales assembly platform, we provide them with a consistent stream of continuing education development for not only the revenue leaders, but the revenue teams, everything from BDR up to CRO, provide them access to talent um, because we know of course, many of these companies are scaling in some cases pretty rapidly. Um, and to your last point about the community, that's another big component of what we provide. Um, so going, I think back to your original question, one of the big projects that, um, you know, that, 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 that we began working on and to an extent to this day are, are still working on it is not just building a community. Um, you know, it's important for, uh, for folks to understand that not only is a community just one component, one leg of the stool 
if you want to call it that as far as what we do. But I think one of the, you know, one of the reasons why the sales assembly model so far has been successful is because we leverage the community to help inform the content, the programming, the thought leadership that we put out for these revenue teams on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. Uh, and, and one of the things, you know, Matt, that I find is a lot of people, they start to build products. But the one question I always get asked is, how do you get your first clients? So when you guys started out, how did you get your first clients? And then from there, was it more of a, um, did you guys spend money on marketing or was it more word of mouth, referrals? Maybe touch, touch a little bit on that because I know the audience really likes to hear that story. Yes, yeah, a great question. Um, so at the very beginning, it was all pre-sales. You know, essentially what we did, you know, having both Jeff and I, you know, having, we like to think a relatively robust network of a senior level sales leaders, at least at the time, confined here in Chicago where, where we lived and work. Um, the idea, again, from Jeff was essentially to go around to VPs of sales and CROs and essentially say, hey, if we built this, would you pay for it? And we gained those commitments, you know, right off the bat. And we did, you know, similar thing with uh, some early sponsorships, you know, went to large organizations that have products or services that they wanted to sell to VPs of sales or CROs and said, hey, we're building this. Nice. Would you support it? Um, and then, of course, you know, following that, as you could imagine, it's the old cliche of sort of building the plane while it's in flight. Um, and we've, you know, to an extent, um, that's something that, that we continue to do till this day. Uh, being, you know, considering the fact that a big part of the value proposition of joining sales assembly is providing continuing education development for the revenue teams, we have to make sure that, that that content is never stale, that that content is always progressive. Yeah. So there's always sort of this feeling, at least candidly here internally about, we have to make sure that we're run, you know, still building the plane while it's in flight, staying ahead of the ball game from a content and a thought leadership perspective. Okay, so you said um, a couple of the big name companies that you work with earlier on. When you, so you're building the plane as it's in flight. You're also selling to very, very, very big companies who have got multiple uh, people involved in any sign-off decision, that type of thing. How difficult was that to get those first few names on the sheet? Because I can imagine bigger companies, enterprise selling is hard anyway. Never mind the yeah. fact that you're um, you're sort of asking for, I haven't got, 10 million uh, webinar registrants to tell you that this 100% works. You're kind of selling them the whole thing and getting it. How did you find that first few, get them on board? Yeah, a, a lot of it. I mean, to your point, Ollie, what was selling the vision and Sean, you know, that this could tie back to, you know, to our marketing or lack thereof. Um, but candidly, at, at the very beginning, um, of course, selling the vision that there's always some nuances that, that come along with that. Um, once we, the, the great thing about the B2B tech ecosystem, and I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here is that it's very small and to an extent for the lack of a better word, very incestuous, right? If yep. you are a revenue leader within B2B tech, chances are you probably know a whole lot of other folks like yourself. Um, so once we're able to sell the vision to at least a handful of name brand companies here in Chicago, again, you know, a, a big success story very early on. Uh, before we even had a clearly defined product uh, to go out and present was getting an organization of the stature of LinkedIn on board. And then, you know, once you expand from five member companies to 10 to 15, 
you know, the, again, I, I presume I'm preaching to the choir. If you're a VP of sales or a CRO of a fast growing B2B tech company, in a lot of cases, you know, you found yourself in that role after a 10 year at Salesforce, at LinkedIn, et cetera, et cetera. So you have this, you know, really cool network of heads of sales that all know each other because they all work together over the past, you know, five to 10 years before joining a really exciting startup. And the word was able to spread from there. Uh, so from a marketing perspective, to be perfectly frank, up until literally 60 days ago, outside of spending money on swag and, you know, things like that, standard stuff, we had not, we had not spent a dime on marketing. Um, our member base had grown from, you know, again, five companies in the beginning to we entered uh, 2021 working with around 140 uh, B2B tech companies across the country. 100% of that was network effect and referral driven. Heads of sales that got involved, they saw the value that we were bringing to not only them as leaders, but just as importantly, their teams. Again, from BDRs to the CS teams to the marketing teams, they would tell their friends, their cohorts of people that they worked with at Salesforce, at LinkedIn, that just took their own VP of sales role at a recently Series A or Series B funded startup. And the word was able to spread pretty organically that way. I love it because you know what? I, I was I did the same thing and spent zero dollars in marketing. And people always say, Well, you had to spend something. And it was like, no, you know, we didn't spend we started to spend on SEO. I was a little late to the game. We we probably waited about a year and a half after we launched our product to start SEO. But I love to hear that you guys didn't spend money just on the swag stuff. That's that's great. And how many people currently are on the team? Yeah, so right now we have uh, five people on the team. Yep. It's uh, my partner, Jeff, and I, our, our president, yep. uh, Christina Brady, yep. and uh, Emily, our general manager, and Laura, our VP of member experience. And, uh, and obviously, you know, last year affected every company a little bit differently. Anything specific last year? Did you guys have to make any pivots? Did you guys um, see anything happen with the whole pandemic? Uh, how did that affect your business? Yeah, big pivot. So again, for context, um, prior to one year ago today, coincidentally, yeah. um, Sales Assembly, we were a Chicago-centric organization. We only worked with B2B tech companies that had a physical presence here in Chicago. And doing 70 to 80 events of, uh, a year, every single one of those was done in person. So of course, you know, naturally when, they have, when a pandemic comes along and says, hey, by the way, you know, everybody in the world, we're not going to gather in person anymore. Pretty significant pivot there. Um, you know, fortunately, what we were able to do is that we like to think without going into too much detail, there's always been a very specific feel of a sales assembly event, right? You know, they, they, they were never just community coffees or random get togethers, just like the events that we do today are not just webinars. People that are involved in sales assembly you take a look at the NPS scores that we're able to gather from our members or maybe a more important metric, our churn or lack thereof of companies that get involved in sales assembly. It's a different look and feel to the types of programs that we do. And fortunately, we were able pretty quickly to port the experience of the in-person events that we were doing over to a distributed environment. And again, providing what we provide, which is continuing education development for revenue teams at a time when all these B2B tech companies were going virtual, going distributed, they were having struggles internally about, okay, well, how do we continue to upskill our team? We don't know how to effectively train and develop them in a distributed environment. Sales assembly was there 
to, uh, to fortunately fill that need pretty quickly. So do you think you're going to carry on with that digital aspect of it as much as you have, or, you know, whenever and whatever timing it would be, the, the whole in-person event conference thing will come back, but are you, are you going to keep a, a balance or maybe double down on the digital part of it? Where, where do you think you're going to spend your time in the rest of the year? Yeah. So um, what, when we were just a Chicago centric organization, you know, as I mentioned, we, you know, we have built our, our member network to, I'd say around 110, 120 companies working with around 155 as of today, um, adding anywhere between five to seven on average every month or so. And the vast majority of those are coming from outside of the, the, uh, the city of Chicago. So point being is that there's no going back for us uh, to a significant extent in doing things virtually, which the members that we work with uh, across the country, of course, they've come to value. What you'll probably see from us if you hit the fast forward button a year and world is sort of back to normal, vaccines, all that good stuff. People are doing in-person conferences again. Yep. What we'll likely do is, you know, occasionally throughout the year, do some type of roadshow type scenario where we do, you know, a big single day event in Austin, San Francisco, et cetera. Perfect. Uh, I love asking this question. Any mistakes that you've made along the way to your, you know, to scaling growth? Anything that you look back and you're like, you know what? I wish I would have done that sooner or I didn't do that. Um, any mistakes you can think of? I think the, the, the biggest one was not, um, we didn't really, being perfectly transparent, we didn't figure out how to effectively communicate exactly what sales assembly was until a few months ago. Okay. And the, you know, the, the end result of that was that in, and we, we don't mean this in a disparaging way at all, but a lot of people from the outside looking in, they looked at sales assembly and what they saw was, you know, a term that, that was mentioned here, not only by me, but of course, by the two of you, which is community and, you know, just a community, there's nothing wrong with being just a community. But as I mentioned before, from sales assemblies perspective, community is just one of these three legs of the stool from a value prop that, that, that we provide. So I think, you know, Jeff and I, you know, we're, we're not a lot of things, you know, top of the list <laughs> being marketers. Uh, so candidly, it, it did really take us a while to, to iron out like, okay, here is how we clearly and effectively communicate the value that we provide to the companies that we call members of sales assembly today. That's amazing. I think that's a, a big lesson for just the audience listening is, you know, sometimes you have to pivot within your own business and, and you have to kind of find, you know, if, if people see your brand as one thing, you got to try and figure out, okay, well, we have three different things that we actually stand for. What are those yeah. three things and how are we going to make you guys realize that we can offer one, two, and three. So that's just great. Um, well, let's just, uh, let's get close to wrapping things up here. I have one last question for you. Um, you know, you know, Matt, how do you currently uh, educate yourself? Do you listen to podcasts, do you read books? If so, which one's your favorite? Yeah, it, you know, I, this might sound like sacrilege, um, especially not only considering what I do, but, but who I'm talking to, the audience that's listening to this right now. Um, I, you know, read, you know, a good amount of sales related books, you know, for example, the Transparency Sale by Tal Capone, which a lot of folks, uh, including myself, consider the, uh, the, the Bible. Um, it's important to realize that not a day goes by where I personally am not interacting with a VP of sales, CRO, VP of marketing, CMO, head of sales enablement, head of customer success. So there's a significant degree of osmosis 
if you want to call it that, that I get from a learning and development yeah. perspective as far as what's going on within the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. What I found personally valuable um, from a reading and an education standpoint outside of that is focusing on history and not just the history of sales, but history in general. I mean, I'm a yeah. big believer in the idea that history, what it does, it provides you context. Um, you know, and, and context as a salesperson rewiring your brain, if you're prospecting into a target account, not just going in and looking at, okay, well, who is the buyer, but where did he or she go to school? Where did they yeah. work before? Who are they connected with? Trying to thread all those different components together, I've found to be personally valuable. Got it. And, uh, and where can people so find funny you? so funny you say that, Matt. I, uh, oh. Go ahead, Ali. Uh, uh, sorry, guys. No, I was just going to say, it's funny you say that because... I find it difficult to, to actually digest a book just personally. I listened to a few podcasts, but I had a bit of a stage where I would do that. But now I find, like you said, the podcast that we're recording, like now I find that's my learning type of time. It's I'm actually inside the conversation instead of just like looking at it from afar, just reading it. So it's funny that you say that, but um, I jumped right across Sean, so I'm going to let him continue. Oh, no, just asking, you know, Matt, let people know where they can find you uh, after the episode. Yeah, you could, of course, find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm a big believer in just uh, open, transparent communication. People are free to email me at any time, mad at salesassembly.com. Would love to connect with you and see how I or the community, the sales assembly platform that we built can be valuable to, to you and your team in any way. Perfect. Well, Matt Green from Sales Assembly, it was an absolute blast having you on the show. Thank you also to everybody listening today. Um, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever you are listening from and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you soon. And thanks again, Matt. Thank you.